You are listening to the Jobber's Court Podcast, part of the W2M Network. We're a podcast for wrestling fans old and new. Court is now in session. Welcome back to Jobber's Court, where we have a a slew of roundtable topics for you today. Uh, Like always, I am Rasquatch, the king of Jobber's Court. I'm going to be leading my roundtable today in several different topics, but before I do, let's make sure we introduce the court. First, we have Cedric, the wise old owl of wrestling, the shining star of the Caribbean, um, which they're not on TV anymore. That sucks. So, um... (laughs) Then, then after that, we have the man of a thousand and four nicknames, um, and uh, I don't know what he's going by today, but I do know he's he's very busy, so we may see him popping in and out, and I hope he's busy after he tried to give me a virus earlier today trying to watch the Assistant Classic match of the week. So Yeah, you can call me the uh, the Hulkpocalypse today, because I almost brought the end of days. <laughs> yeah, and not, and, and not the wrestling move either. So, uh, no. Nah. Uh, your uh, your hardware, your computer. Yeah, no no doubt we wouldn't be having this podcast if he was trying to sabotage me. But uh, also joining us today, though, we we have a very special guest. Um, so, Jobbers Court, uh, we want to say hello to, to Sean. He's a fellow podcaster as well as a manager of a, of a Facebook group as well as a podcaster for not just wrestling, for many other different types of sports. Before we can introduce him... We have to formally initiate him into the roundtable. So, Cedric, you got you got all the gimmicks. Money's tight. I had to um, improvise a little bit. There ain't no, there's no smoke today. It's just me with with the cigarette. Hope you don't mind. There's no blood. It's just tomato juice. <laughs> but I, I was thinking since it's close to Fourth of July, maybe we got some some sparklers going. Oh, give me a second. Let me lick them up. Hey, there we go. I got I got a few pluses. We got a thunderstorm going over us, so the lightning gives it a really eerie effect. Oh yeah! All right, well, let's let's do it then. You ready? All right, Sean, are you ready? You're about to all be right. you're about to become part of this court. Just just hum with me, whatever you want to hum. Or you can call your Cuban friend from next door to hum with me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, welcome. Hey, you're good <laughs> to Jobber's Court. Um, it's always it's always something to get a to get a new person on here with us and just to to kind of be nerds alongside of us and, uh, and to to chat up with us for about two hours today. So, um, Cedric, you want to start us off and um, get us get us rolling the right way? Definitely. Well, well again, well, welcome Sean for for being with us tonight. And Thank you for having it's me. Always- Usually, we always start off our guests with the, the one question that is all on our minds. How much money do you have? Wait, that, wait a minute. That's the next one. <laughs> the first one is, like, what what got you started into wrestling? What what made you a fan? Everybody has a different thing. It's either a match, a specific wrestler, or just just a specific moment in, in their lives that they became fans. So what's, what's your story? How did you become a fan of wrestling, and how do you transition to 
to becoming just more than just a fan, but actually part of the business in in a sense for the podcast world. Uh, well, um, I started, you know, when I was a little kid, I saw Hulk Hogan on TV and I was kind of mesmerized, you know, so I kept watching. And once my, uh, both mom and dad, they're, they're separated between going to living with my mom at the time and then going to my dad's, both of them figured out that I liked wrestling. So it quickly became banned. <laughs> so I, uh, I had to act like I was watching a football game. And then I'd have to turn over to whatever, you know, superstars or, or raw or whatever it was, uh, you know, in, in the commercials or whatever, catch glimpses. But I was kind of in and out until like around 98 or so attitude era when everybody at school was wearing wrestling shirts. And I'm like, who are all these guys? Oh, they're wrestlers. I remember I liked the wrestling when I was a little kid. And so I started watching. And then from like 98 on, I just got hooked and didn't stop. And uh, eventually led to me becoming a wrestler on the Indies for a little bit when I was in high school. I got, got hurt. I uh, had a bad, like, almost uh, to the point where I thought I broke my neck. And at that point, my dad was uh, had already paid a tuition for me to go to college. And he was like, okay, you got to make a choice. You either go to college or you do this. And so, you know, I kind of had to choose the college thing because I was going to be uh, – out on the street by myself if I didn't (laughs) and then uh, got into writing uh, for former mania dot com that I've written for for 10 years now and uh, then I did podcasting about four years ago just kind of I was writing for another website at the time and they'd already started a podcast and we kind of just say let's start this me and my friend and uh their website actually died, and we kind of kept the podcast going, and it's turned the thing it is right now. I'm supposed to be four years old. So. Yeah, okay. I, I had only been able to discover everything through your your Facebook page primarily. I noticed that some of the guys uh, that I was writing with when I was writing with Pro Wrestling Authority, um, they were involved with that group pretty heavily, so um, that's, that's when I kind of joined in, and then when I when I saw you you were letting us uh, post our podcast on there, I was like, oh, awesome! So, yeah, it's 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 been great, and we're glad to finally finally get you uh, get you on the show with us because uh, obviously I've seen the not only the topics on that on that particular page, but your comments in general too are always um, usually pretty pretty logical, and they kind of fall in, along in the the smart fan that that we kind of like to to have on here. So, awesome. So I noticed that you you don't just podcast about wrestling. What what all do you podcast about exactly? Well, uh, I podcast about wrestling, the the current wrestling stuff, and then I produce a show that's about going back and reviewing old wrestling or basically anything that's not that's currently happening, and then a show about video games, which I also write video game reviews and stuff like that for full one uh, <clears throat> when I'm not doing wrestling stuff and uh, also about football and other sports here and there. So, man, yeah. So how, how much of your time during the week would you say you, you probably have to, to delve into doing this stuff? Well, most what I do is I do everything. Uh, all the podcasts are done really late at night. 
we do the podcasts about midnight, one o'clock in the morning, live, and then they just show up on iTunes and whatever. So that's how we get around the whole having real lives, having the five-year-old that I have right now, having the wife and all that, and just everybody's asleep, and I'm the one up doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, we I do two shows. I do two wrestling shows now. The, the Wrestling Max show got split in two. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. It's it's a constant cycle. Um, when I'm at work, I'm listening to other wrestling podcasts because I can I can do that. Um, when I'm if not, I'm listening to a football thing. If not, I'm watching some kind of either NFL Network or I'm listening to some kind of video game thing because I got or, or I've got. So it's it's usually an entire cycle of every day I'm doing something for one of the podcasts. Whether it's watching one of the wrestling shows we have to watch, whether it's uh, taking down all the news, whether it's uh, watching – like when football season starts, I have Game Pass and we watch all the games between me and another person. Uh, we split them up and watch those 45-minute versions of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just becomes one of those things where it it takes up a lot of my downtime. Yeah, well, it's definitely – like when it gets to that, that point, you could tell it's transitioned to definitely more of a passion – um, so to you, sports is obviously a big passion, you know, not, not just a hobby. Um, I know like myself, I haven't graduated out of the wrestling realm when it comes to trying to, to talk smartly about different things. But I know, um, like a, f- a friend of mine does a, does a video game blog and just, it, it's crazy the amount of time that, that he can spend doing those type of things. And then like for me. I do I do other nerd stuff like I do my uh, my Dungeons and Dragons and my other stuff you know that I, I try to do uh, once a week or so but yeah man I just couldn't I just couldn't imagine and I, I love football but man I just couldn't ima- I couldn't imagine every week trying to watch every game even in even in 45 minute bits so man that's impressive and that that's pretty awesome so um, as far as your your wrestling to the max uh, podcast. You said you said it was split in two, so one's more of a current. Uh, what's going on today? The other is sort of from the past. Um, how would you describe uh, for our listeners? I've heard a couple of the the shows, but how would you describe for our listeners kind of what your guys's personalities are on the show and what the the kind of things that you really like to cover? Well, actually, it's uh, the the retro thing is a completely separate podcast. Uh, called Wrestling Unwrapped. I don't even host. It's two other guys that do it. Um, the the Wrestling Mass podcast got split in two because we started figuring out that with the wrestling cycle the way it is, and you guys know this, you know how much news a podcast will drop, and the next day news comes <laughs> up. Yeah. And so like we're like, man, we got to make this thing more timely by the time. And then not to mention that we're we're talking like three and a half hour behemoths of show. And people can't listen to a three and a half hour thing anymore. Yeah. So we just said, okay, we're gonna do Monday night covering Raw news, ROH, and then Thursday we'll do TNA, Lucha Underground, NXT, and the news, and and New Japan whenever that has a show, which you know they can have shows between Sundays and Wednesdays and whatever. So we try to basically make it as we try to cover as much wrestling as we possibly can, but. The shows that I just mentioned by name, that's the ones we talk about every week or the promotions we talk about every week. And then we, we try to fill in news from other promotions where we can. So, 
you know, we try to make it an all-encompassing thing where you get everything you, you need in a, in a wrestling show between the, the two shows that we do. And plus the pay-per-view reviews and everything on, on those Sunday nights and stuff for WWE or well, I noticed, I, I noticed that you didn't mention TNA at all in the um, the breakdown of, of the shows that you guys cover. Oh, we, yeah, we do TNA on, on Thursdays. Oh, okay, because I, I was going to say, well, I, I know, just I'd like to ask people's opinions if they if they think that Ring of Honor has, their, their TV program has kind of shifted to become more popular than, than TNA's programming on Tuesday nights, but I'm not sure what the ratings say, but... I didn't know if you personally prefer one or the other. I, you know, personally, I uh, ROH bothers me uh, because they their taping schedule is so weird, and like right now they just had a pay per view, right? Mm-hmm. So the next show is a Women of Honor show, and then you're gonna tell me that you're gonna take two weeks off. So you do a pay per view, and then you don't have a pair a show that has to do with your pay per view for like a month almost. That bothers me. Like, yeah. that's why I can never say that RH's TV, even though because they are so segmented around the country, mm-hmm. they may get better ratings. And because they're, they've been around just as much as TNA and they haven't had all the problems that TNA have had. But TNA's show is more consistent, it's better, and it, it's timely, you know? So. That, that, that's, that's, a, that's a new, that's one thing I haven't heard in a while next to TNA. Better. Well, I, I was really just throwing. Pay per view is a different thing. Yeah. But... Uh-huh. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's just, it's been a while. Uh-huh. Like, I, I've especially online, very few people seem to like still still enjoy it, and they just got to give it a give it a chance, you know. I I was trying to throw a softball out there, so when uh, optimistic Will's listening, he can get his uh, his TNA fix in. Uh, so just <laughs> trying to throw that out there for him for when he comes back on the show, you know. He's he's one of the you know ten fifteen fans I think that are that are that they have left that just talk praises about it all the time, but um cool so um we're gonna be covering uh, a few different things today with you uh, as far as your uh, your opinions on our topics but before we do do you want to let everyone know how they can they can reach all your stuff and just sort of get to know you from your writing perspective or from your your podcasting uh, world. Well, um, you know, it, it's uh, really easy. You can either subscribe to an entire network that we have, which includes podcasts that I don't do myself, uh, called the W2M Network, named after the rest of the Max podcast. And you can find that on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever their podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, you can find it there. You can just subscribe to that. That gives you everything that I do uh, podcast-wise. Or you can just go find the shows wrestling to the max, video games to the max, football to the max, wrestling and wrapped, whatever, by name on iTunes or wherever, and you'll find them that way. For 401, I basically just do the wrestling roundtable for the pay-per-view, for WWE pay-per-views, and I don't really necessarily write so much. Uh, I mostly do video game stuff as far as the writing goes, but uh, on this other site that I write for, lastwordonsports.com, I... Uh, I write New Japan uh, reviews of most of their shows. Like for the G1 that's about to come up, I review every show and then do a podcast kind of talking about what happened on the show as well. So, um, But yeah, I mean, it's 
There you go. And if you go to our Facebook group for for the for the Rust and Max podcast, you can pretty much see all of our stuff there too. Awesome. Okay. Well, do you guys have any questions for Sean before we start hitting hard on these topics today? Yeah, I uh, I just want to say uh, you know thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, definitely good to have you on there. And just from listening to you, it kind of sounds like you're uh, almost like a budding John Coachman, but uh, on social media, <laughs> you know, kind of the, uh, the sports center of pro wrestling with as much as you do. I dig it, man. That's pretty awesome. Well, thank you. Um, we Like I said earlier, we, we have a slew of topics today. Uh, what we're going to be covering is we want to talk about some past wrestlers, um, at least three that we'd either like or wouldn't like to see uh, come back to the WWE for this upcoming brand split. We want to talk about today's feuds that are going on and if we ever think that they're going to be able to surpass some of the feuds from the past. We're going to try something new today. We'll fill you in as we kind of go down the uh, go down the pipe here. But we also got, as always, our instant classic match of the week and uh, as well as two fantasy bookings for you today. We're since we're speeding up these tag divisions, since we've covered most of the teams already. So, um, Sean, as as our guest, uh, we always like to let you start out the uh, the roundtable, and I'd kind of like to know what are three previous WWE employees, superstars, um, that you would like or wouldn't like to see come back to the WWE when they, they split off into the brands coming down the road here uh, in mid-July? And uh, this one's a, a little different. I'm, I want to see Kurt Angle just from the aspect of I want to see him have that at least one more match there for WWE. Uh, I think he would have to retire in order to actually be a, an effective manager for American Alpha because if he doesn't, he's going to overshadow them. But, I mean, it just as, even from uh, – if he doesn't wrestle more than one match and he's just a trainer or whatever, what he can do for all of those guys and girls is going to be terrific. And so I think he would be a great help for WWE if he comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from a star perspective, even though who knows if he if he will or he'd get out of his – how long he has left on that TNA contract or whatever. But I think Jeff Hardy would um, – let, let's put the drugs out of out of the whatever. I'm assuming he's clean at this point. Uh, he, he would uh, help them a lot. I think uh, from a star perspective, you got a guy that people automatically uh, can identify with. He helps them from, you know, you're going to get some good, good matches. You know, if you're going to have that money in the bank ladder match or any kind of hardcore match, he's there too. Just you can put him in so many different roles. He helps, you know, um, and uh, one guy that's probably going to be there already, uh, Tajiri, who's there for the Cruiserweight Classic. And I think, depending on who you read, he's signed or he's not signed. I haven't seen the big websites talk about it mm-hmm. yet, but some have. Um, just seeing him back with Regal was hilarious for one. And then just, again, another guy that can help along some of the Japanese talent that's in there in NXT. And just he's another veteran that, that you can put in any spot, and he works there. Okay, well, what about uh, maybe one name that you, you just really don't want to see come back? Uh, I don't mind if they want to bring him back for WrestleMania because he's on the video game and whatever. But I don't want to see Goldberg be back for an extended period. Man, you're a smart man. Um, Continue. 
yeah, just I don't think it's gonna work out well. <laughs> I, I with with the Goldberg thing, I just think you have to have a passion for wrestling, and I don't think he ever really did. I mean, he he really liked football, but when he couldn't play football anymore, it just it, it was something that that he could do that was physical, and I think that's so. Sometimes I I question his um, his motivation for the business, but I guess who am I to judge? Um, oh no, he uh, self admitted that he looked at this as a business and it was never about being the best wrestler or whatever. It was how he could make money very much like Brock, you know? All right. Well, some good choices there. Uh, Houkster, what do you think of, uh, of Sean's picks and do you have, uh, some of your own to add? Well, uh, I definitely agree with the Goldberg analysis. Uh, as cool as I think it would be to have him like a one-off match at WrestleMania, say uh, possibly against uh, Roman Reigns or Triple H. I think that would be kind of neat. Um, I've always wanted to see a Goldberg versus Ryback one-off just because of the, the comparisons and the, the jabs at Ryback. Um, but who knows if Ryback's ever going to come back. Um, but as, yeah, for a prolonged period, I, I don't see any real money-making in that. Uh, so he's, he's pretty much towards the bottom of my list. Um, some guys that I would really, really like to see come back. Uh, number one for me is obviously Kurt Angle. I think he still has uh, a few more left in him. Maybe if it's just a one-off match at WrestleMania, I think that would be pretty sweet. Uh, seeing him go one more time against Brock, uh, I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, if he is back for a more prolonged period, I would love to see uh, a, a good couple month-long feud against Rusev for the U.S. title. I think that would be a, a big money-making uh, storyline there um, some other guys i think i would like to see yeah you mentioned jeff hardy earlier uh, i would actually like to see him and matt both come back but instead of going to main roster i would actually like to see them more in nxt because i think the nxt tag division is really hot right now um i'd love to see them going up against uh Tommaso Ciampa, johnny gargano or possibly even the uh, tm61 the mighty uh going up against the hardy boys i would love to see some of that going up to the main roster Honestly, I think it'd be more nostalgia than anything else, unless Jeff came back as a single star by himself. I think there's more money with him by himself than anything else. And uh, probably the last person I would really, really like to see come back, and uh, even if it is just a one-off match, would honestly be Trish Stratus. I know she's made mention of wanting to come back uh, for one or two matches, but it'd be really neat to see her against Charlotte or uh, maybe even against Sasha. Uh, just to see that old attitude era type women's wrestling against the the new era of women's wrestling that's really starting to take off. I think those would be pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, and Trisha's still pretty young too. I didn't realize, you know, she she got out uh, really young out of the business. So that's that's interesting. That's a that's a good one. Um, Cedric, what about you? Yeah, I I think the. Kurt Angle is, is, is probably unanimous. People want to see him back, even if it is for just a short stint. I'm not too sure if he really could do the 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 Al Snow who is coaching now in TNA. I'm not sure how much of a manager coach role he he could have with American Alpha. I really wouldn't wouldn't want people to focus more on him and not focus so much on the team. But definitely because of the, the comparison uh, to see the world's greatest tag team just do a, a a quick 
stop in, in the WWE to even challenge the American offer. That would be pretty interesting. Or even Shelton Benjamin as just a single star. I think the guy always has star power. And even after he left WWE, some of the the matches that he had for different companies, you can still see the guy was a pretty good wrestler. He always was. I don't. Kofi Kingston reminds me so much of him because they both had that, you know, that aerial style, more risky style uh, way of wrestling. So those two, he reminds me a lot of uh, Shelton Benjamin. And another wrestler that I wouldn't mind seeing, even if it's just hopefully for 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 good this time. He's not a WWE old wrestler per se, but he made his little debut at NXT and kind of went back to TNA. Definitely James Storm if he were to come back, but this time a little bit more permanent. I think he would his his talent would definitely be welcomed in 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 the main roster. And, and speaking of females, you know, Mickey James yeah. would definitely, if, she, if she's still wrestling, if she's still a wrestler, she definitely would. She certainly would is. Give, she would definitely give um the the women's division a, a, a pretty good boost. I think she's a really good wrestler. If tr- Just like how Stanley said, if Trish were to come as well with with her, that definitely would be something to look, look forward to because I think this women's division, as quickly as they peak, they have gone down pretty uh, just as quick, and I think it needs a little boost. And it's not just about Sasha Banks. I think those two ladies will definitely give the women's division a, a good boost. Goldberg, like you guys said, I think for a short stint would be nice. So, but not not for a big, not for a prolonged time, I guess. Wrestlers that I really don't really care for to see much, and I know a lot of folks have thrown their their names around. Not sure why. The whole CM Punk thing. People let it go. You know, don't I don't see why he will come back. Not at this point. Maybe down the road. Maybe, but the way he expresses himself doesn't seem like it. He's burning more bridges than he's building, so I don't see why. Uh, Ray Mysterio is another one, very very injury prone. So I don't see why I'd bring him as well. He, and he's pretty much doing pretty good in Lucha Underground anyway. So and I kind of thought about this. The Hardys, I really don't mind seeing them back in the WWE with a single or tag. They have their thing going on in TNA. It's kind of weird, but it's kind of different. And at the same time, you know, after seeing what the Dully Boys have become, mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't want to see that happening with, with with the Hardy Boys. I think let's just focus on, on the teams that we have, the new guys coming up from NXT or the ones that have already come up, and let's just keep developing these guys, which is always the... I think that's always the 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 thing to think about. You know, we have talent that needs to continue to be developed and pushed. Sometimes bringing old uh, former WWE wrestlers may take away from these guys, depending on what storyline or, or, or how do they truly come in. Is it is it just a short stand? Or is it going to be a, a a long stay? So, but there are a few that would I wouldn't mind seeing. Just like like I mentioned. Yeah. And I feel that I just, I think they're doing too good where they're at to just mess it up. See, I, I did a lot of research uh, looking into this, and I've determined, like, if, if I had a number one draft pick of some of these guys, I, I would pick the great Kali. Um, no, I'm kidding. All right, so um, let's see. Uh, for me, um, Shelton Benjamin was actually on the top of my list. I I would love to see... 
Shelton come back and, and do his thing. I mean, he's still one of the better. He, he'd come back still being one of the top athletes, um, I think, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the company. Um, one that's kind of an oddball that I just I just think it would be cool to see is to see Lance Storm back for a little bit. Maybe do something, one last thing with Jericho or something. Cause I know he still wrestles. He's primarily a trainer, but just to wrestle from time to time. But um, as far as people who could actually make a, a true impact – Oh, there's just there's just not a lot left. I actually want Cody Rhodes back. Um, if I if I had that choice, I, and I would let him come back and, and do his thing as as Cody Rhodes. Um, so really, to me, Shelton Benjamin, Cody Rhodes would be would be two. Um, ones I don't want to see. Obviously, you guys know my opinion on Goldberg. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and reiterate that. So it sounds unanimously we really don't. We don't want to see Goldberg back, but um, another one for me is the the Hardy Boys. I completely agree with you, Cedric. Even in a singles capacity or as a tag team, um, I think that they're on top in another company right now, where they're they're the top stars over there. If they were to come come in, they would just be another group of guys. I, I just don't see them as being anything anything special outside of that. Um, so. Those are those are my picks. Uh, anybody got any any last takeaways or anything else before we go ahead and move on? You know, I'm not sure if anyone mentioned him, but uh, a name that just kind of popped up was uh, Johnny Mundo or uh, Johnny Morrison. Ah, uh, yeah. I think he's improved by leaps and bounds <laughs> down there at Lucha Underground. And I, I think he might have some more left in him, uh, possible main roster. Um, I don't know if he'd. Uh, get you know to the top of the card with some of the guys like Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles that we have now. Um, but I'd love to see him uh, do a few more intercontinental title runs. I think that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, I think I think he's great, but he's another one that I think if they brought him in, he'd be stuck in, in mid-card yeah. hell probably, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of guys really off the top of my head that could come in and, and legit be you know, back to close to carrying the company. And it's, I don't know. I think that the wrestling product from a wrestling perspective is so much better now than it was back in the attitude era. And then for the most part through ruthless aggression outside of the top guys at that time, most of them aren't with us anymore. Um, So really for for modern guys that could still come in and work, I just, there's just not a, a lot of them that I would love to see. Obviously Kurt Angle, could still come in and work a few matches. He couldn't rely on him to come in and, and work consistently, I don't think. But, um, yeah, you guys have any, any other names of, of some guys that might be able to come come in and actually be on, on, on the top of the company? Not, not former WWE. Not, to be honest with you, I don't, I'm drawing a blank. I don't really, I don't really think of a name that, that at one point was a star for the company left. And can actually come back and and just be a star again. I, I really don't. Yeah, actually, I thought I thought the best pick of all of them actually was was probably either like a Mickey James or Tristratus. I think that they're two that that could come in and be back on top of the women's division. But I also believe that people might be surprised at how good the women are now too, because from a wrestling perspective, even some of them can can run circles around what some of the women were doing back then. But, uh, 
All right, cool. Well, um, we were able to cover sort of our, our likes and dislikes, so let's transition this into talking about feuds. Um, Cedric, or actually, we'll go we'll go back to Sean. Um, feuds that we have today, we have, we have Sami Zayn. That's a pretty strong one with uh, with Kevin Owens. Um, we have the two the two Hardys that are having their feud going on right now, uh, brother Nero, and uh, and Matt Hardy. Um, do you think that feuds today stand up to feuds in the past? And if not, or if so, just kind of talk about why. Uh, you know, I think uh, it's it's difficult now with uh, all this. We want things attention-wise constantly changing. Uh, the just in general, the 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 mass audience, not even just us on the internet talking about things. I think the mass audience gets tired of watching a the same match over and over, and it's very hard for let's say at least WWE in a way to make a match feel different each time because they usually overrun it before you even get to the first or second pay per view. Um, you know they'll they'll do great for the three month set like they're doing with Cena and, and AJ right now, or they've done with it, Cena and, and Kevin Owens in the past, or uh, just some of the older matches. But it's it's so hard for me to think of, other than maybe Owens and Zayn, where they can kind of bring it here. Well, this will be the last one that we do for a while, and we'll we'll see seeds of it pop up here and there throughout the years. But there's just these feuds are built to last for like three months, four months, and then they they end. And so it's hard for me to go, oh, we're gonna have a mat, we're gonna have a feud that's gonna last for years. Uh, you know, I, I can think of some Navy and like other promotions outside of WWE. You know, just uh, if you go to New Japan, like the Okada Tanahashi feud that lasted for years, mm-hmm. and it just ended earlier in January. Then they're gonna have another match in the G. It's just. Uh, stuff like that just doesn't really happen so much anymore and it's hard for me to think of just go uh, even like uh, Puma and Mundo that thing's still going on in Lucha Underground they they have that come up and down throughout the the season you know the two seasons that have been there in, in Lucha Underground so um, and I'm sure you'll get more of it in season three you know in, in January whenever that thing that thing starts I mean it just it's a very difficult uh, not in WWE, at least. I don't think so. Um, just not the way that they book. But, but in other promotions, possibly. And the thing with Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy is this is the only version of their feud that's actually been good. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, the other the feuds that they've had in WWE were just not good. Um, but, you know, it, who knows? That thing has been interesting, at least. But, you know. I don't know. It's so hard for me to go. Oh, when I think of so many classic feuds from back in the day, could they really hold up to today? It's, I think of feuds so differently today than than before. Yeah. Do you do you think that there's a feud that's going on here recent time? I guess you did mention one already. You know that that happened in New Japan. But I was gonna say, is is there one that 20 years from now we're gonna remember, like we do Piper Hogan or like we do Flair on Steamboat? I think Owens and Zayn has that opportunity. 
Uh, I think definitely that has has that. Other than that, I mean, you'd we're talking about stuff that's already happened. I, I don't know of anything. You know, if you want to involve like the stuff with the if the Bullet Club ever rises to what it was when it first started again, which depending on which company is it's in, it's either hot or it's just barely there. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it. I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn is the only one because they have that history that goes on throughout so many different years. That's going to be one we're talking about. Other than that, it would have to be something that maybe this brand split can start that where they have fused and go on for a while. Maybe they leave it alone for a little bit, but then it can reignite or whatever. It just depends on guys. Guys are so they come and go so much now too that it's so difficult to be able to say uh, maybe John Cena, CM Punk too. We would think of something like that or mm-hmm. um, Cena Edge or or whatever. Just yeah. it, I don't know about right now, other than the Owens and and uh, Sami Zayn. Okay, um, Cedric, how about you? What do you what do you think of feuds today versus feuds in the past? Uh, do you, do you think they're comparable? I, I I agree with what Sean was saying, and that's not really. I don't really have much to add. I'll, I'll try to, I guess, my own spin and flavor on it. We we had I think how Stanley and I had talked about this before, and and I've read a few things online as well. You know, the the Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels, that was huge. You know what I mean? That's something that we still talk about because it was so real. There was there was a, a real reality to it, just not in the ring, but also outside of it. And even even Bret Hart at one point with Stone Cold, what they had, even though maybe outside the ring there wasn't that animosity, but they made it believable. Uh, I don't think we're going to see something like that again. I think some of the points that Shawn made were, are really well put. You know, wrestlers come and go nowadays. They're not sticking to one to the company as long as some of those guys were before. Before it was either WWE or WCW or WWF, WCW depending, and that's about it. Now it seems with the with this resurgence of certain indie companies starting to become more major league sort of, even TNA. Regardless of what people say of TNA, sinking ship, whatnot, or or Ring of Honor, even though I don't get. A signal anymore so i haven't seen them for a while and some of the other companies pwg some of the other ones mentioned in jpw there's other options so i think it'll be kind of difficult to have those kind of feuds in the wwe again another thing that sean mentioned was the way they're booked they're booked for like one or two three months and that's about it they're done uh, seems like the today's fans get bored e- easily and they don't seem to want to see something prolonged. I for think too the long. shield too. The three, the three guys in the shield, like what they do between against each other, that could be one that maybe that that too could be one of those. But I, I hate to be anti Will, the pessimistic one. I don't really trust <laughs> the booking today or, cre- or creative the way they write things. To me, it. For example, the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, for that feud to be a good one and, and continue, 
you do have to mention some of the stuff that has happened in the past. And I know they hint on it here and there, but they're not really going to get too in-depth in it without mentioning other companies and, and actually showing footage. I don't think they're going to get to that point. Even trying to decide, even last week when I was watching it, them trying to really tell what is going on, what really started this. Even that was kind of like in a gray area. And, and, and they were trying to explain it. Kevin was trying to explain why. And it was still like, kind of like iffy. Like you, What you're saying is not really a good reason why you guys are feuding. But I just, with the split, we don't know how it's going to work out. If they're separate, how they go. Today I was watching clips of the old Raw versus SmackDown, and, and I was just enjoying those clips. And I was like, man, I wonder if they can go back to this kind of action and this kind of matches. But I just don't trust the the creative to write a good storyline to continue, or book or booking for that matter, the way they get booked for a storyline to be as great as the old past storylines that we've talked about. It's just, it's just not, it's too quick. You go from one thing to the other and and they're not really that memorable. And, and again, the fans, even even the way the fans interact nowadays, it's almost like they get bored too quickly, very quickly to pull the trigger on something. Like, well, that sucked or this is boring or let's go to something else. So I personally don't think there is, there is right now a few that can last that long that we'll be talking about it for, for quite a while. And if we... And if it were to last, to last that long, that it becomes a few, I don't think it would ever be to the level of some of the older stuff that we had. It's, it's just, it's very different. Okay. Um, I I definitely agree with with all of that. It's you, I think it all comes down to, to booking and what you're looking for in your company. I don't necessarily think the WWE really cares about long drawn out feuds and that's why we just don't see him right now but um Hawkster, what about you what do you think of feuds today versus feuds of yesteryear well i think y'all uh made a really good point as far as just the uh the way fan reaction is and just our society in general we're a very right here right now give it to me now kind of uh kind of a culture and if we don't get that immediate payoff you, know, you get a lot of gripes and complaints. Uh, that being said, we also love nostalgia, so it's it's easier for us to remember those older uh, those older feuds as these big grandiose spectacles. And comparing them to what we see now is is harder because we have so much passion and so much love for what we used to see. And uh, just over the past, you know, probably ten years, it's definitely been a decline, especially for booking, and that's been the real hard the real heartache. Uh, for what we get now, uh, as far as current WWE feuds, uh, I still think that the uh, the Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens has that potential. Uh, I think no matter how long they're in the company and what direction they go, I think bringing those two back together is always going to be a money-making opportunity. Uh, I would love to see a match similar to what they had in ROH with their tables, ladders, and chairs match. Uh, what they can do in the ring is just phenomenal, and how great of chemistry they have together messing up from in real life being best friends for such a long time that they have that trust there uh, so it's always good to see them in the ring uh, another potential feud uh, again you know talking about the shield guys um, what i'm afraid of is that i think we've already seen the best of that feud uh, you know two years ago when seth rollins won money in the bank and we had dean ambrose chasing after him for a good like solid three four months those two were the headliners, even though they didn't have the belt. 
and uh, and those are some of the best matches that I think I've ever seen, uh, at least from WWE in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just hope that uh, there's a turnaround in booking and we can start getting some of those longer feuds because that really does make the payoff a lot better. Uh, but yeah, again, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys said. There's really not much else to point out there. Talking about some of the TNA feuds, um, the Hardys. To me, that's just been weird. Like, the action's been good, the story's been good, but it's been more interesting than entertaining, if that makes sense. I think most of that is just because of the Matt Hardy changing character. It's been so long since we've seen something different out of him. I'm just still trying to wrap my head around that whole thing. So, you know, I don't know, down the road memorable, but for right now, it's definitely entertaining. Okay, I know for me, when I was going through these, I was trying to think of something that was fairly modern that would hold up to test the time. And, like, the one I thought about was John Cena and The Rock. Um, that kind of came to mind. And I know they were kind of able to piece that thing together for a couple of years uh, and sort of keep that, that fresh and keep it going as far as the excitement level um, of having those guys face off. Um I disagree about the uh, the shield guys. I really do. Um, second, I think that there's a lot of gas still left in that tank, but you, they they have to do it right. Um, they haven't they haven't really looked to exploit things the way that they they truly could. Like uh, I could definitely see down the road uh, there being um, like. Possibly having Ambrose, um, Rollins, Reigns, whoever you want to have that done. But, I mean, obviously, they all know where each other live, and they know where they're from and all that. I would love to see some Attitude era S stuff where, you know, maybe Ambrose shows up at, like, Roman Reigns' house for, you know, for some reason, and they, they end up fighting, like, in front of his daughter, or just something small like that you could go to add like heat to a to old feud. I guess Rollins would be better to do that. But um there's just there's a lot of things out there that they could there, there's a lot of things they could exploit with that as far as the the attacks and the the different playing off of each other and, and where they're from or like you know, if Reigns attacks Ambrose in the middle of Cincinnati or something. Who knows? There's just I know there was a big buzz when Ambrose got attacked outside of that parking garage by Brock Lesnar, and people seemed to like that. Um, so I think there's there's definitely a thing out there for it. They're just not really getting into that those type of, of feuds or those type of storylines anymore, and I'm I'm really not sure why. There's a lot out there that they they could be using. Um, I think right now Sami Zayn's Kevin Owen obviously is is a good feud that's that's held together for, for a good period of time, but I wouldn't put it up there with a lot of the feuds in the past. So I don't know. Looking at looking at modern feuds, the only one I could I could think of off the top of my head was CM Punk, John Cena, and John Cena and The Rock. Um, yeah, the uh, the only thing for me about the John Cena and The Rock feud is uh, it was so built up that one year anticipation for the once in a lifetime match that was just great. The uh, the second match, the rematch, to me, I think, took a lot of steam out of that feud. And it almost kind of diminished the first match for me a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. 
And it really wasn't so much like a feud because it's just like you're saying, when you compare it to the old feuds that we're talking, these the legendary feuds, you know, these folks had countless matches throughout their, their time around each other, whether it wasn't in various companies as well, you know, that, that scene of Rock, I think Rock was just in and out, not so much matches between them before, you know what I'm saying, before they got to that big moment. Yeah. So it wasn't so much of a feud and more like a buildup to that one moment. And then when they happened a second time, people were like, really, you know, you just, you just killed something that was supposed to be so memorable. And now all of a sudden we have a second one that was even less memorable. And then the ending and, and, and the hug at the end kind of turned off everybody. It, it was so obvious coming that people were like, the same, the same. But some, something that you did mention when you mentioned about the whole, like, showing off somebody's house, it's funny because Stone Cold was talking about something similar today. He was mentioning how, not today, this this past week in his podcast, he was talking about how the WWE is so afraid to dive into the into reality, into things that they did before where they would take risks and put things on TV that made people talk about it. You know, even though you read, you knew already that it was sports entertainment, but they were touching subjects and doing things that people were talking about for weeks. Yeah, he was mentioning that you know the famous like because of shares and 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 whatever they're afraid of doing stuff like that he, and he also mentioned too not giving things time to develop just going so quick at it that it doesn't make sense like today you're feeding with one wrestler two months later you're feeding with somebody else then a month later you're feeding with somebody else and we're calling them feuds but really it's just two or three matches that you see on raw and smackdown end up in a pay-per-view and then you're done so you, those are those were really good points that you brought up yeah, um, I, there are some feuds where the people really only had a couple matches. Like, I can think back to Hogan-Andre, and, like, obviously that that was one of those feuds that's going to be remembered um, forever. And really, I think they had, what, two matches, I think? Um, well, two main matches, and, and then they had, they had one that was non-televised, I think, that they had uh, prior to WrestleMania 3. But really... The um the you know you, you don't necessarily have to have a ton of matches to have a good feud, but it's got to be something that makes you remember it. Like uh the thing that got me into wrestling is you know is the the Cobra Bite Randy Savage Jake Roberts. The matches though weren't very good um during during those times. I didn't I went back and watched a lot of those matches and they, the, the matches weren't really that great. But I'll always remember that story because of the buildup and, and what happened, you know. So a lot of times I think at the end of the day it just comes down to we're not going to remember a lot of these feuds because it's just wrestling matches. There's there's not anything else to really to hook us into that story. Like, I'll remember this Hardy's feud just because of, A, how, how weird it's been, B, like, how how much it makes me laugh, like some of the, the stuff and uh, some of the shooting of the, the segments and stuff like that. It just makes me... It just makes me laugh, so I'll always remember it. Um, but the casual fan, ten years from now, I don't know. They they don't have a lot to to look at and say, "Wow, that was a really really great series of events that these people had." So yeah, the the re it's like you said the the reason for the feud is really what makes it the feud. Because I I think with Under the Giant was like the betrayal of the friendship. You know, Hogan would always. Mm-hmm. I guess Hogan was the Becky Lynch before Becky Lynch was was around. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, you know, that also made it big. Like, here's my best friend, my mega power buddy, whatever. The next thing you know, this betrayal. So it's like you said, you know, it's the reasoning behind that feud is what really makes it the feud. And you're right. It's not how many matches, but the emotion, the why, you know, if it's just, hey, we fought two, one or two times. We hit each other for two weeks and that's it. We're done. That doesn't really build up. And like, like you guys already said, I think right now the, the one with the most potential would be the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. If they do it correctly, definitely. And maybe the Shield guys, maybe. Uh, and I think it's also just when, because we, we blur that line so much too nowadays as opposed to all those other eras that we look at these classic feuds in, we, we know that when the cameras are off, they may not uh, be hating each other or whatever, or even in certain situations where just they're not feuding right now, so they're not going to act like they're mad at each other. And it's uh, it gets it's silly. Like, hopefully down the line, Owens and, and Zayn are always going to have this thing against each other where every time they see each other, there's going to be this this thing with them where you know it isn't just buddy buddy right now because we're not feuding like maybe they have a time where they're a tag team and that's cool and everything but you know eventually the i'm sure owens will will turn on them or whatnot but same thing with the shield there's always that possibility of there's gonna be that thing there you know but so many of these feuds like oh well they just forget about each other and they'll tease it a little bit but it's never any anything where you feel like, oh man, now I remember that feud was awesome or whatever, because they they want to make you forget about it because they want it to feel fresh yeah. when they do it again, and that's what stinks. Is like recently they've really started using their the past a lot more, but before then it was always like, oh these fans are stupid, they forgot what happened a year ago. There's no way they remember that these guys feuded a year ago. Let's just do it again. You know? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you talk about that, like just something happening, because I, I can't remember what Royal Rumble it was now, or off the top of my head, but I'll be damned if I didn't laugh out loud and I didn't get goosebumps when you had that rumble where Jimmy Snooker comes in, and then Roddy Piper, they're, they're old as hell, Roddy comes in like right <laughs> after him, and that look that Jimmy Snooker gives the curtain before Roddy even comes out, and I stood up like watched it again and jumped out of jumped out of my seat going oh my god because you had roddy piper coming down and of course when he gets there him and snooker you know go toe to toe and it's one of those things to where like you know those guys probably hadn't crossed paths in 10 years and so it was just one of those things that was so great like when when you saw them together you just if if you can get that you know that memory of piper hitting him with that coconut and then now 20 years in the future here they are you know and, and they're they're ready to face off again i just i love stuff like that like when it when it's nostalgic and it was the perfect amount of time they both ended up getting thrown out shortly thereafter um but uh but a spot like that done at done at the right time it's it's just so memorable and i think that what you're talking about really turned up that memory for me so even if zane and owens are on different shows watch them meet in the royal rumble and it's like they never, it's like they never stop. They just start beating the hell out of each other again. Stuff like that is precisely, I think, what what we need. There, there's, and 
that's the problem with kayfabe having died. You know, you don't you don't have that where the guys literally don't hang out. They literally don't see each other. You know, now it's like everybody's everybody's friends and and you know, so yeah, I think that's kind of the death. Of well, that's what's cool about the brand split is they won't see each other because they can't. Sure. <laughs> Other than you know on all days or whatever, I'm sure. Yeah, um, just don't split up the new day, please. Uh, that's that's yeah, all I ask yeah. the brand split. But uh, all right. Do you guys have anything else for to to say about feuds? Yeah, I just want to say that my favorite feud of all time, and one that I uh, tend to go back to when watching the network, is the old Dusty Rhodes Ric Flair. Uh, that, that's something that I could watch over and over and over again. And yeah, that's one of those things you just don't see much of. But uh, yeah, that's that's just one that always stuck out in my head. What about you, Cedric? What, what's an older feud for you that you're just gonna remember for all time, and why? Wow, that's a that's a pretty good one. I wasn't even ready for that. But I'm honest with you, you know. I just gave your brain a virus. <laughs> Continue. No, no, no. You you mentioned it, and I'll I'll be honest with you guys. You know, it's the the first thing that the first few that came to my mind is not even American wrestling. It's it's Puerto Rican, to be honest with you. You know, when when I was in Puerto Rico, um, Carlos Colon, and and actually I, I think this happened because I found like six YouTube channels today that carry over a decade of actual footage. From wrestling in Puerto Rico, you know, Carlos Colon had a few with with Sabio Vega, which I'm trying to get to our to be part of our uh, special guest for us. You know, they were friends, they were enemies, they were tag team partners. There was betrayal. They went back to being enemies. In in Bader, numero uno or number one, you know, those were feuds to me, guys. That you know, they either were friends or enemies, but they were just it just kept on going. You never knew when it was going to happen. And I guess in, in if I stay with American wrestling, definitely for me, you know, Hogan against anybody, any feud that he had, you know, it was always amazing how he could turn to friends, whether it be him and Macho Man, how that became from being friends to just their their feud or even him with Beefcake. So, and there's definitely the Shawn Michaels, H, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. It was amazing to see those two that there seemed to be kind of a respect in the ring, but at the same time there was this just animosity, and it took so long for them to so-called bury the hatchet, but even then that so-called event didn't even look real. You can still see there was a little bit of animosity between them, so those those are the ones that really stand out for me. Hey, Sean, what about you? What's uh, What would you say your your favorite feud is? Uh, I mean, for me, because it was the first one I ever really watched, because uh, I didn't mention this, but the re- the thing that really got me to watch wrestling again was I had a friend who had old tapes of uh, Dusty Rhodes, and like seeing some of his promos, and even as a young kid, like they identified with that, and like they had a lot of the flair uh, Dusty Rhodes matches, and not even knowing like all that history of them, just watching them, you you immediately felt for Dusty and you want you hated Ric Flair so much just because and that guy was just a asshole and he was a jerk and Dusty was he looked like, you know, 
my my best friend's dad and like it's just <laughs> I mean he uh he talked to me about stuff I could uh, I could identify with and stuff I was seeing in my own house and like barely making the rent and, and all that kind of stuff just like and then you'd watch the Masters and it's like wow they're not doing a whole lot but the intensity and, and everything is just it's amazing and uh you don't get that so much uh, anymore. It's it's I mean, and there's stuff um, from Japan, like anything that involves like the, one of the four pillars of of all Japan, like Masao and Kobashi. Well, there, those are amazing. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I I only recently started watching like '90s Japanese wrestling, where I you know when I can find it, and God, I just I don't know. I'm kind of in love with that that particular style at the at the moment i just i like the intensity and the realism and you know everything that that's attached to it so yeah i could definitely see uh you know the for that that style particularly the stuff in the the early mid 90s um all right guys so we've, we spent a good amount of time here talking about uh talking about feuds past and present um so what i want to do now is so we, we we haven't had any epic rants today so i want to try something new um, let's start with you, Hawkster. Tell me something that's tell me something that that you either really like right now or that's really bothering you. Take a take a few minutes and just rant about it. What's bothering you? This is your rant of the week. Well, my my positive and my negative are actually the exact same subject, and that has been the recent use of jobbers in the WWE. Uh, we've seen both on NXT and in the main roster, SmackDown and Raw. Some uh, some local talent, some local indie guys that nobody really knows who they are, getting getting slobber knocked in the ring, and uh, a, a bunch of online comments I've seen lately about people complaining. It's like you know you don't get people over by having them wrestle nobodies, you know, because obviously they're gonna win. Like well yeah, duh. But uh, one of our biggest problems that we've been complaining about for years is the 50-50 booking. Or the uh, the comp the, the countless squash matches that we've seen on uh, enhancement guys that are trying to make it big and and the blues and a million things and just you end up with guys like nobody cares about like Zack Ryder and uh, I mean you could even possibly argue Dolph Ziggler in there but uh, with the use of these local guys as jobbers you're you're going to give those real main roster guys someone to uh, to boost up their their win records for uh, lately you know you got uh, just this past week on SmackDown. You had the Wyatts absolutely demolish these two local guys, and uh, you need that to make these guys look stronger, make them look like heel monsters. And uh, I, I for one, I'm loving it, and I, I want to see more of it uh, because it, it boosts the the reputation of these guys as killers, monsters. And uh, I, I'm just tired of people complaining. It's like you you finally get something that you've been crying for, and now you're complaining about it. Really, STFU and enjoy the product. Yeah, damn it. Enjoy the products. All right. Cedric, what's really grinding your gears? Well, let me tell you something, but I'm just joking. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I got I got two, and I'll make it quick. Internet fans, casual fans, if the only thing they've ever watched is WWE wrestling, please don't comment on indie wrestlers. Don't be talking about how bad they are, how they suck, this and that. You know, there is more in the wrestling universe than the actual WWE product. Case in, case in point, I was reading 
some guys going actually more than it was like 10 or at least 10 folks talking about how who's this AJ Styles who's this club who are these guys they suck they, were, they even mentioned Daniel Bryan and I was like some Samoa Joe and I was like if you've never seen them outside of the WWE then you really don't have a leg to stand when you're talking about if they're good or bad and at the end of the day a wrestler is only as good or as bad as they're booked. Now, granted, some wrestlers really don't show much promise, either on the mic or wrestling skills, but I'm pretty sure there's much more of them that we've seen them go to other companies and all of a sudden they're stars. Not because that company's standards are low, but because that company realizes the potential and lets them shine. I really think Cody Rose is going to be one of those guys that regardless for what company he wrestles, he's going to have really epic matches. It's just the way I see it. So please, if you have never seen anything outside of WWE, don't complain about a specific wrestler or a specific indie company. That's one. Two, I read a news saying that probably Moose is going to be passed to the side, maybe be back to Ring of Honor or TNA. WWE is not going to sign him right now because of a 2009 domestic incident that happened. And that, on top of what happened with Hi, Jerry. Jerry the King Lawler, which, by the way, that got thrown out, so his suspension got lifted. Here's the thing, guys. This is just my opinion. You guys may or may not disagree. I understand why you're trying to protect your image, but at the same time, this happened in 2009, and whatever happened, happened. He got his suspension. I think Moose was in the NFL. He was suspended a day from his team. He got traded and whatnot, but since then, he's you know made his life. He got divorced from the lady. The lady did not like the fact like they left millions on the table to join wrestling, so they got divorced. So really, don't bring something from 2009 to 2016 and say, well, let's wait a little while. It, he already paid his due. Give the guy a chance. Let him wrestle. Let him show us you know, his, his talent. He's grown leaps and bounds from, from when he started to where he is now. And at the same time, we have a lot of current stars that they too have their own skeletons in the closet. So Let's not pick and choose who we're going to throw out because of something that happened almost 10 years ago. Let the guys wrestle. Let let the talent be the main focus and not all the other stuff. That's just my rant. Well, thank you. That's a good one. You know, I think... I think... Add to, oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I got something I want to add to what Cedric's first comment about uh, people crapping on indie wrestlers. You know, that to me is just one of the worst things you can do. Um, these guys working on the indies and some of the guys, you know, who have made names for themselves in ROH and, uh, and other products, you know, sure. WWE is, is the major leagues. They're, they're the top company pretty much in the world, uh, second only to new Japan, but, uh, crapping on these guys, you go to a local, just a local small town venue and say, Oh, these guys are horrible. These guys are crap. Well, they're still working on building themselves up. You don't, you don't look at the Little League World Series champions and say, well, these guys suck compared to the Yankees. Well, no, duh. They're, they're, they haven't made it there yet. You know, give them, give them time. Let them, let them build up and let them work on their own merit. You know, if they make it, fantastic. If they don't, well, you know what? Some things aren't meant to be, but don't crap on them for working on what they want to be for chasing their dreams. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, to his first point, it's, you have to look at it in a certain way that, 
I have a lot of friends that are casual fans, and they come up to me and they go, "Well, what's so great about it? Just uh, what's so great about what's for those people?" And, and I was at WrestleMania, and I've been at other live events, other big live events where um, I hear people behind me go, "Who's this?" And you have to realize that for those people, they don't watch this stuff. It doesn't mean that they don't have a right to say he sucks in WWE. This is all they've seen of the guy. Maybe he doesn't suck. Actually, we know he's great. But in WWE, what they're watching right now, and you guys cannot tell me that they don't, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows suck right now. But that's all these people are seeing. But we know if you've watched them in New Japan, if you watch some other stuff, we know Carl Anderson's a great singles wrestler, but you don't get to see that right now. So all they're saying is, look, from what I'm the vantage point I'm getting, they suck. So WWE needs to let people see why they got signed in the first place. And that's WWE's fault, but that's all they're seeing. So to me, I don't ever get mad at the people that, that uh, necessarily think they suck. I think it's when you're when you're questioning that they've always sucked or that you think that they've never done well or whatever, and you show them something from their past and you don't get it, then, you know, it's, it's so weird because if you've only watched WWE, you don't understand what goes into all the other, the stuff from the other companies and whatever, why they're great. You may not like that style. You're so used to WWE style. So, it's it's hard at times to try to understand that more casual fan from our perspective because we see so many different things. Um, I but I do think it's wrong for you to go to your local indie and and crap on these guys compared to like a WWE guy because it's it's very much like when you watch a high school or college player and then you go watch them in the NFL. The the level of how great these guys are is is so strong from like you're going to watch the WWE is the cream of the crop as far as that talent is there. They're great. You're going to go watch your local indie. That that's totally different levels. That that's totally wrong. So I agree with you on that point. And I, I had a point to make on this. Oh, we talked about the moose thing yesterday. And I think the moose thing is about to They're about to rescind the thing with the moose thing. Because they didn't know how long the Jerry Lawler thing was going to go play out. They had no idea that the next day the, the charges are going to get dismissed. Um, I think from a corporate perspective, you got to look at it like this. With the ESPN deal they have right now, when Moose gets signed, ESPN, all these sports stations that are going to cover this, they're going to go back to that domestic violence. Thing. They're going to go back to all these things that he did. Oh, his his terrible playing career, by the way. He was a bad offensive lineman. Yeah, he was. Uh, that's why he <laughs> left. That's why he left football because he knew he was a bad offensive lineman. Uh, you know, which that girl should have realized herself. But whatever, you know, they had their issues. And y'all are right. I said it. It's it's silly for WWE to do this. They could have signed him and let him sit in NXT for a little bit and whatever, or go do the performance center stuff, whatever. But they have their reasons, and they're a corporation. That's what happens sometimes with corporations. They they have to make political decisions that aren't great, but I think he winds up there at some point, whether it's in a month or two. Maybe he goes and works for Evolve for a while, which is with WWE, and then he goes to NXT. You know, it's 
not all, we shouldn't always draw, uh, jump at the first report we read or whatever and uh, think that that's the the end the end of it um as far as i'm not a guy that totally tries to be negative per se um i just want to give it up to uh, lucha underground for getting me really excited for the ultima lucha that's about to start and their three uh series that their their three show series they're about to do that match between puma and uh dragon Azteca was great on that show and just everything they did to make you okay now i'm i'm ready for this this ultimate about to happen so i just want to give uh the the people booking that show mm-hmm. um maybe not as strong as the first season but this season has been just as good and man I, i'm excited for for the ending here yeah i know chris de joseph does a i mean as far as the way that that stuff's book the production the production value is fantastic um obviously just a a great show all around um for for me uh i i really wanted to talk about enhancement talent too and since uh since alex sort of already covered that i think the main thing I, i maybe not maybe not gripe about but just talk about in general are some of the um, the internet wrestling fans, which I think I could, we're included in that. But there, I I was a mark once. I didn't understand how wrestling worked. I you know I I cried when the Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan. So I mean I understand what it's like to be on the other side of that and not understand what's happening with wrestling. But what I dislike is social media and its effect that it's had on wrestling. Literally. I can't get on a social media webpage without there being so much negativity toward everything. Now, some people think, like, you'll see memes and people think they're funny, and that, that that's why they, they put memes out there. But, oh man, you know, and, and maybe he deserves it with everything else that's going on, but all the stuff with Roman Reigns that I've seen over the past, like, two weeks, and the, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of memes that I've seen about about him and, and everything that that's happened with him. The guy obviously took something he wasn't supposed to, some type of amphetamine. Um, he didn't pass his drug test, got suspended for a month, you know, and all, and all the stuff that's going on. People forget, Randy Orton's been suspended many, many times. And this is prior to the three strikes rule thing. He was suspended, sent home, whatever, I don't know how many times. People love the guy. They're like, oh, if Randy Orton would come back, that'd be great. Um, Stone Cold, he had a domestic assault uh, back when he was still wrestling. It's like people have selective memories over what they want to do because they like the guy so much. They're just going to forget about any you know anything that maybe he did. But then you get a guy like guy like Reigns that people already don't like, and my goodness, you, you, you bury him. And then you bury him on TV, too. Um which the WWE did this this past week. Now, probably out of the four of us, I'm most likely to be the the biggest uh, of the Roman Reigns fans. I'm not sure where Sean sits on this one, but I know for me, um, I've always thought the guy had a great, like, exciting move set. I always thought the guy was a great athlete. Thought he could move around, could had could could wrestle. He needed to work on on his selling ability, but people forget what wrestling was like in 93 
to about 96, um, particularly in, in the WWF at that time. The wrestling quality was not very good, and that's what I grew up in as a kid. So to me, people just need to, to understand that what you're being given today is a great product. And it, maybe it's not as entertaining as the Attitude Era, which personally the, the matches in the Attitude Era weren't, era weren't that great. Um, the match quality may not be on the level of the Ruthless Aggression Era, but what we have right now in the WWE is nothing really to scoff at outside of it being maybe a bit too long. With this brand split coming, I can see there being some really fantastic things because we're going to get to see different talent now on the different shows, and they're going to be keeping some of these guys. I won't have to see them three times a week. So, yeah, just quit being so damn selective. If you're gonna if you're gonna hate on a guy because uh, they they had a domestic assault, then hate everyone who's ever had one. If you're gonna get upset at a guy because he failed a drug test, be mad at everyone that's ever failed a drug test. I mean, I can't be mad at Hornswoggle tonight, and he failed a drug test, you know? Jeez. But, uh, I just, people make mistakes, and at least Roman Reigns owned to his right away, um, as, you know, as opposed to some of the other people who, who, who would say that they don't know what happened. So, my rant's over. My apologies. I went off on a tangent. So. No, you, uh, you make real good points, and. Two of my favorite wrestlers of all time, you know, Shawn Michaels and Jeff Hardy, they're probably the, <laughs> the biggest examples of you know, failed uh, wellness policies. I mean, heck, Shawn Michaels was a champ, and he was showing up bliss out of his mind for years. And, and uh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. No, so you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I insist. Uh, okay, I'll go no, ahead. Stop. I was. <laughs> what, what what I was gonna say is um, it, I'm. I'm uh, on my two points, and 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 this is gonna not so much a rebuttal or anything, but it's a kind of response. I'll just say, Sean, look, on the people have the right to say whatever they want. That's that's the beauty of this of this country, and that's why we get so much idiocy idiocracy on online, especially on social media. And and you're right. If somebody hasn't seen anything and, and they and they're evaluating what they're seeing, shoot, I could say myself. But what I'm seeing from Gallows and Anderson, it's horrible. If this was the first time that I've ever seen them, yeah, definitely, it is horrible. But at the same time, I can actually look up some stuff if I feel like it before I start saying, well, they, they suck and, and they always suck. I can, you're right. That's part of the blame is on the company. But at the same time, the folks that I'm talking about are people who are constantly every day writing on a specific website and they're talking like, they don't have, they don't want to check anything else. So if you don't want to check anything else outside of WWE and that's all you want to base it on, just realize that there is more than just a WWE. Now I'm not, and again, the, the casual fans, the ones that see a show every now and then, to me, they're not really fans. They just every now and then show up and, the, and they'll see it and they'll have their opinion. I don't really pay attention more too much to someone who says these guys suck, but they've never seen anything outside of them for the past two years. But it's folks that, they comment every single day, crapping on TNA, crapping on Lucha Underground, crapping on indie wrestling, crapping on, on guys that came from indie wrestling to the WWE because they don't want to look at anything else. Just the same way we think the WWE is the greatest thing here in Mexico, AAA or CMLL, for them, that is the cream of the crop. 
and anybody who goes there is somebody. And, I, and I'm pretty sure the same, the Japanese companies and other companies in other parts of the world, they feel the same way. So if all you want to watch is WWE, then just realize that, put a, carry a disclaimer, hey, this is all I've seen. So my apologies if my opinion doesn't really, it's not really founded on true data, educated. It's just a quick and opinion. That's that's one. And on the whole Moose thing, I didn't just jump on the first article that I read. My, my thing kind of, and I think Rasquash made it sound even better, is the whole thing like we pick and choose. And even the company themselves pick and choose based on, like you said, you know, like, there are companies what makes what's best for business. But at the same time, it's like, he's, like, like Rasquash is saying, even within the company itself, they pick and choose who's going to get hit the hardest with the rules and who's going to get forgiven multiple times, who's going to get suspended indefinitely, who's going to just get suspended for a few weeks or whatnot. So that that's my main thing. You know, that happened in 2009, whether they signed him before the Jerry, the King Lawler thing got fixed or afterwards, it's still going to come up. So regardless of, you know, just, and I think even in the article, it said that they had told him, Hey, you know, let's let the King, situation get fixed you know let's see what happens with this before we decide with you and they even mentioned adam rose and how they fired him between his domestic thing and, and i guess drug test failures they released him as well but my thing is don't pick and choose who you're gonna make a big deal big stink of and then others you kind of like just let it slide because like i said that we have people currently and rasquatch mentioned a few and there's many others that they too have their own things in the skeletons that if people want to dig in, you know, they can, but they just make a, you know, look, look the other way. And who knows, maybe they don't make, bring up the whole moose pass, but they obviously the WWE did, which was one of the reasons they mentioned why they were going to hold off for now. I kind of agree with Rasquatch, you know, if you're going to do it with one person, do it with everybody. Don't just pick and choose. That's just my thing. Right. But it's different when you're, it's like any other job. When you get background checked and you're not with the company yet, they have the right to not hire you. They're not going to look at people that have already are with the company and did something in their past. They're already with the company. They don't care about that. It's you know that I I have people that I work with that that have stolen in the past or done terrible things in the past. Uh, when I got hired, they flagged me for something and I had to go and explain and they said, okay, we'll hire you. Something happens, then you know we're going to come down on you really hard or whatever because you know we haven't seen enough of you as much as we've seen of the people that have been working with us for for how long or whatever uh, you know you're right you uh you mentioned the stuff with that they're not closing that door but it's it's on them whenever they want to if they want to let him sit for a couple of months and then sign him after the stuff's blown over then you're right don't pick and choose but He's it's a different when you're coming in the door than when you've been there for years and years and years like Jerry Lawler and you're also important to the company very much like Roman Reigns where with Roman Reigns they could have they and they've done this in the past they could have waited until after Battleground or they could have waited until whenever they wanted to to suspend Roman Reigns but they were smart and they knew okay if we do it right now he can still show up for Battleground and we still get this match that we won't get after the brand split. And then you, uh, you do, and then we're gonna just 
And, and also, almost everybody else has been de-pushed, but because they have faith in Roman Reigns and and Vince loves Roman Reigns, he's he's probably not going to go through that, right? It's mm-hmm. this happens in every company and and every thing that you go through. The people that have been there, the people that they think is important, are going to get treated better than people that are coming in the door. It's just it's just the mm-hmm. way it is. It's not it's right. Sad. It, it's pretty sad, you know. It happened in 2009, like you, like you're saying. It may, it happens in the UFC. People have gotten fired from the UFC, never given a chance for dumb shit. And you've had guys that are, like you said, already established that have done ten times worse, and they don't even get a slap on the wrist. If it wasn't because they actually get arrested, look at John Jones, for example. And that's John a whole different Jones subject. But yeah, yeah, but it is what it is. You know, like like you said, you made you made a good point there. It's. They they always said it. they've never been shy of saying what's best for business and really it's not business with the fans it's more monetary so and just like right. Stone Cold said they're they're so afraid in certain areas that we might never see what we saw in the past and I know Rasquatch mentions different eras and how good how bad it was compared to today but like I I was just watching some videos from from back in the day and my kids were watching and they were like it seems like people are just enjoying this stuff more than they are today and i was even telling my kids and and i even told them my son and supposedly that was the bad era and yet look at the fans look at look at you yourself how you're getting all emotional all crazy about this so yeah it is what it is i guess i hey, but you sure want to be passionate about what you know you're talking yeah. about at, at the end of the day i think that's what it comes down to is a is a passion and i think when when we do rant about things or when we get upset about things i think it's because they they really speak to us. Cedric last week with AJ Styles, like I was moved at the, by by we got to the end of it. You know when when he started started talking about his his stuff with with AJ, it was it was really moving. Um, but to to me, I just I just feel like there's a lot that that doesn't get addressed. Certain things that do get do get swept under the rug. But I think in today's day and age, um, those things just those things can't happen. Because there's too much social media, there's too much, of, too much yeah. of everything. So I don't, you, you can't do things like you used to be able to do in the past. I mean, Sid almost killed Arn Anderson back in the day, um, literally <laughs> with a pair of scissors. Um, but uh, you know, you you can't, you know, no nobody talks about it. Nobody. That's just the way wrestling was back then. Um, hell, Awesome Kong, damn near choked out. Uh, what's her name? Not that long ago, yeah. Rebby. Ruby uh, Sky, yeah, Ruby Sky. Um, so I mean, just th- things like that can't be tolerated in today's day and age. And in some ways it's better, and in some ways it's worse. But yeah, look at that. Uh, yeah. the Seth Rollins' old girlfriend. She got fired mm-hmm. because somebody found old stuff on her Instagram. I mean, yep. it's that's pretty harsh. But you know, <laughs> yeah, the company had to make a choice at you that gotta, point. You just got to be smart, like. In today's day and age, you just got to be intelligent about what what it is that you're doing and, and how you want to present yourself. Um, free country, but it's also a free country on the other end of it where people can do what they want because it's a free country. So if somebody doesn't want to hire you or if you lose your job over something that you think stupid, well, that's also their prerogative. So totally get your point on that one, though, Sean. It is a lot harder when you're trying to get into something than once you've already gotten there. So, all right, guys, that that was good discussion. Um Let's uh let's go ahead and, and move on. We've we've done our praise and rants of the week. What I want to do now is uh 
Hawkster, it was your pick this week, so why don't you talk to us about the instant classic match of the week. What did you select? All right, I picked from ROH 2004, Samoa Joe versus CM Punk 2. This was the uh, the second match in a, in a trilogy of matches in ROH, and uh, providing a little bit of backstory. Uh, the first match was a... Uh, uh, a, a very good spectacle. It was a uh, that again going a little bit of backstory here with ROH. They had the uh, the 60 minute time limit. So if uh, if a match went that full hour, it was a uh, it was decided on a, as a draw. Nobody got the pinfall. Nobody wins. And uh, that first match ended in a draw. Uh, the whole point of the match was to determine who uh, who really was the best in ROH. Uh, Punk wanted to test Samoa Joe's stamina. And see if he really could last that full hour. There was a lot of uh, a lot of jib and jabs about his cardio and about his endurance, and so he kind of took it easy on him for the the first majority of the match, wearing him down with headlocks and submissions. Um, but Joe did manage to survive the full sixty, and he held his own. And uh, and for the second match, uh, Punk pushed the envelope a little bit more, and you got to see uh, a whole lot uh, from both men. They really pulled just about everything out of the bag, and that's all I'm going to say for the for the sneak peek before we really get into the analysis. Sneak so, if peek. you guys want to take away from here, all right, um, Cedric, do you want to start us off? Talk about your your thoughts on this match before you got a virus. <laughs> <laughs> the, those are my thoughts. <laughs> a lot of viruses and and freaking a lot of uh, pop ups, but. I did finally get, did finally manage to watch it. it it's amazing. I actually, I actually searched it in the website and it, and it said results not found. And I'm like, I have the darn link here, but it eventually worked. It, since I took so long in my rant, I'm going to make this quick. It really good pace. Again, for those of you that have never seen anything of Samojo outside of WWE, definitely take the time to find a, a match outside of WWE of either Samoa Joe or CM Punk, but make sure not to use this link because it has viruses. <laughs> but uh, it's a really, it's a really good match in the sense that, like how Stanley says, it was a really, first of all, to see a man of that size last an hour, to see anybody last an hour in wrestling, to me that's that's pretty amazing. Not just because it, you need the the stamina, but just how much can you really do. We have wrestlers today that are great, but their moveset is so small that they would definitely not be able to keep you interested for an hour. And these guys found a way to do so. That 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 was the, the first thing that I noticed. Second thing is the pace. For the for the first half of the match, it was CM Punk testing Samoa Joe with lots of headlocks, a lot of chain wrestling, a lot of moves that made the big guy have to get out of it, and by big guy I don't mean right back. Right back, don't get all, don't get all happy. Feed me uh, more. Yeah, don't eat too much either, man. I heard you had a surgery. I'm glad you're doing good. <laughs> anyway, then the second half, you see some more Joe kicking his his submission. That's the reason why they call it some more submission machine. All his submissions is his stronger moves, and then they get aerial. It gets faster pace. It gets slow, and then at the end we have another another draw. So. Did you get? Did you feel like, oh my gosh, what the heck? No, it almost you couldn't wait for the next match. You knew there was going to be another match afterwards because they had to put an end to this feud. Which, even though there was a third match, there were many other matches afterwards anyway. 
but it was good pace, good set of movesets. It showcased both athletes what their strong points were, and it also showcased what that they could do more than what you were normally used to seeing from them. Can I see a match like this in today's WWE? Maybe not. I think people will get a little bit, but in the first 15, 20 minutes, depending who it is, they might start chanting boring. And there was one guy that did chant boring. You can actually hear him in the in the link clearly. That must have been a, a WWE casual fan. But anyway, <laughs> I like I digress. Um, good match, good match, definitely. I always like CM Punk even before his WWE days. And Samoa Joe, I've always thought he was a great wrestler. And even even good old JR at one point tried to get him. Why it didn't happen, I don't know. But I'm glad he's 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 in NXT and can't wait to he gets called up to the main roster. Hopefully the fans will be more accepting. I know in NXT they are, but hopefully when he gets put up to the main roster, he gets more accepted. And hopefully CM Punk wins his, his match. Not really, but anyway, I digress. I just I just kind of want him to fight, but um, all right. Yeah, he is fighting. Oh, legal uh, battle. Um, <laughs> well, I was, well, I'll use quotation marks fighting because he was supposed to fight earlier and he had an injury, so who yeah. knows? But uh, all right. So before I got a virus, I uh, was pretty excited to hop on and, uh, and and go ahead and watch this match. Um, finally was was able to watch part of it. Um. But the footage that that Halster provided was uh, was not great. Um, so it was a little grainy and slow. So ended up having to watch sort of an abridged version. So I'll be honest, I didn't get to watch this entire thing. But from the the stuff that I did get to see, the one thing that that stood out to me in this match was the the chain wrestling, particularly in the beginning of it. Both guys could do it, and both guys did it pretty well. And I liked the kind of the the back and forth the psychology the slow pace in the particularly in the, in the beginning of this um but when they they talked about the one hour broadway that they had before uh before this to me is just amazing anybody that can go an hour i know jay lethal um roderick strong went for an hour last year um but we just don't we don't get enough of of those types of matches uh one of my favorite matches of all time bret hart Shawn michaels wrestlemania went over an hour um so you can keep attention span if, if the match is good. So, um, but uh, I think that overall both guys showed the type of athletes they were. Like CM Punk's not an elite athlete, um, and neither is Samoa Joe. But both of them knew how to use their athleticism in in the right way. Um, and so I think that that's what I was most appreciative of just watching this match. Is they knew what they could do, and they did it the best that they could based around what skill set that they had. Um, so overall thought it was a, thought, thought it was a pretty good match until I got a virus. And then, uh, after that, I, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to have to watch the highlights, but, uh, good pick this week. Uh, Hulkster, I was going to tell you, you know, we talked about maybe posting the match of the week on the, uh, on, on the Facebook page for everybody to watch. Um, I think we skipped this one this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just for the sake of all the listeners. You know, for the of all of those mobile devices and computers out there, I think you're right. I, uh, I will go ahead and post the uh, the seven-minute highlights uh, from YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, fans out there really want to see this match, and I, I really do encourage you to see it in its entirety. 
but don't go to video.com, uh, <laughs> horrible website. You, uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to go to roh.com, Ring of Honor's website, and you're gonna have to buy the uh, the DVD collection uh, with oh. Samoa Joe and ROH uh, and, and CM Punk. Uh, it to me will definitely be worth your money. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I uh, I do apologize for the for the technical difficulties and the uh, the, the electronic sickness that uh, that I may or may not have provided unintentionally. Uh, yeah, my uh my Kaperski went crazy. Uh, but uh, all right. So Sean, did you have any thoughts on this match? Uh, I also wanted to avoid getting a virus, so I uh, had to watch the highlights. Um. You know, I didn't get to, I had, I actually started watching some ROAs while I was in college, but I didn't get to watch any of like CM Punk stuff. So I was one of those that watched them in WWE and then went backwards and watched, uh, things from other companies. I never actually really got to see this. And just from, you know, the highlights that saw, it's just these two, and we know what, how, what great athletes these two are, or just from, in a wrestling perspective, just how, how good they are. Uh, what Joe does, even at that stage, how good he was. Uh, just two guys that basically you're trying to prove how, who, which one's better than the other. So you're trying to outlast the guy, trying to, he's, he's, uh, Punk's trying to get at Joe, um, knows he can, he wants to ground him. And then, uh, Joe, they, they, these guys just beat the tar at each other, do everything they can and, it's a freaking awesome match, and you you were talking about one hour Broadway. Is that uh that Roderick Strong Jay Lethal match wasn't that good? Mm-hmm. This one certainly holds your attention for the entire hour. All right. So, um, thanks again, Hoxter, for the uh for the matchup. Even though you know we had we, we had a <laughs> we had a virus, electronic sickness. Um, but that's all right. Uh, I do want to put in uh, some last few comments, if I may. Yeah. What uh, what I really appreciated about this match, and uh, again, I, p- I apologize for the for the issues there, but uh, my favorite parts of this match was you you did get to see everything. You saw chain wrestling, you saw submissions, you saw striking, you saw technical grappling, you saw a little bit of high flying. You see uh, is he Punk pulling out the moonsault, doing uh his rendition of the Undertaker's old school. Except uh, he puts a leg drop on the arm rather than the uh, the elbow, uh, but yeah, there was just so much in this that you you really had to appreciate. And keep in mind, this was this match was 12 years ago. This is when they were still trying to make names for themselves, and uh, I think this was probably the match that really put those two guys on the map for a lot of wrestling fans. And uh, the finish to me was really the best part. You know, you have Samoa Joe dropping a muscle buster on CM Punk from the uh, from the rope, and just both guys are just laying lifeless in the ring when time expires. And uh, you mentioned it earlier, Cedric, like 15 minutes into the match, you have a couple guys in the crowd yelling, boring, boring. But by the time that that 60 minutes expired, every single person in the crowd was screaming, five more minutes, five more minutes. And that, to me, is what really what will put an exclamation point on this match and what really made it, I think, stand uh, as, as a great match, an instant classic, if you will. Yeah, for sure. You know, definitely, definitely held a, definitely met the criteria of what we're looking for in in one of those matches, and obviously did have pretty much everything that that you're looking for in a great match. So, as much as uh, as much flack as as we want to give you, it was still a uh, still a great choice. Um, 
and I'm looking forward to to seeing what uh what we have coming up next week and maybe what what Cedric's thinking of doing. So these matches have been great because outside of this one, I was able to watch most of them with my kids, and so sitting down with my kids and watching some of these matches and seeing what they think about it, I think is one of the best things. So, all right. So, um, covered those. What we have left now is to cover our tag team fantasy booking. We've got two matches for action tonight. So, um, what I want to do is, uh, Sean, I want to start out with your opinion of the matchup of Red Dragon versus the American Wolves. I know this has actually, you know, they, they have actually squared off a few times. So, um, but in your opinion, these two tag teams squaring off, how do you think the match goes? Who do you think the victor will be? I would think uh, Red Dragon, uh, just because uh, they're the more high-profile guys right now, would probably get the victory. But, man, uh, these two have similar styles, as in, you know, you know O'Reilly and uh, Rick and uh, Davey Richards are going to come in with the kicks. And, you know, you can get the submissions in there as well. Uh, Bobby Fish and Eddie Edwards are those underrated guys that sometimes i know edwards is shining right now in tna but he sees richard was always seen as the bigger star very much like o'reilly's seen as the bigger star for red dragon and you've got just guy these two would work a phenomenal match and you know you're going to get your crazy spots i'm sure uh you'll get your ground-based stuff you this uh man if it's if it's not high up there on the on the when you're thinking about big matches for that year, uh, it'd be disappointing. So you're gonna take uh, you're gonna take Red Dragon. You said in this in this one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cedric, what about you? Even though Sean and I have started our feud in this podcast, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I I agree with him. I. I and I, I'll keep away like whatever's going on. I, I'll just keep it as a fantasy tournament. But I just—they're so similar that it's very difficult to almost pick one over the other. Obviously, in a series of matches, they'll definitely probably break even. But just for sake of a one-round, you know, winner-take-all type type match, I'll—I'll I'll give it to Red Dragon. I definitely like their—they're. They're, both teams are hard-hitting, flying, submissions, technical, and, and all that. But I was watching some matches today, and I couldn't get over the the strong style, if 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 I can call it that, style that Red Dragon has. Definitely them being going so much to you know Ring of Honor, New Japan, and whatnot. I think their style is just so much more hard-hitting that I I picked them over the the Wolves, but definitely will be an amazing match. Okay, um, Hawkser, your thoughts? For me, yeah, I mean, these these two teams have faced off quite a few times, so you, there's a there's a lot there in the video library to to go check out, and uh, it, it is tough because they are very very similar teams, but for me, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Red Dragon as well, and the main reason for that is uh, as tenacious and as aggressive as both teams can be. I really feel that Red Dragon may have the upper edge when it comes to innovation with their uh, in-ring style. I think they are a little bit more creative at times. Um, but really, the heel tactics that they'll use and the, 
the mind games that they have both in and out of the ring. Uh, I think they're really good at getting inside of their opponent's heads. So I'm going to have to go with Red Dragon as well. Okay. So sounds like we may have a, a clean sweep here because I also would have taken Red Dragon primarily um, watching a lot of their stuff uh, recently that they they were doing in in, uh, in Japan and, and like Cedric had mentioned, the stronger style uh, that they like to work. I also love the um, the MMA aspect that those guys bring into the ring. I think anytime you can tie like a legitimate MMA background into uh, your wrestling style, I think it definitely adds something um, to the tag team. Both both teams though, great tag teams. Both have great tag team moves. So this would have been a this would have been a classic. Um, but at the end of the day, I see Red Dragon moving forward. So we will go ahead and push them ahead in the fantasy booking. Um, Next is a tough one, and man, I actually had to go watch quite a bit more footage for both of these teams, but um, we have the Kings of Wrestling uh, versus the Von Eriks, and again, very, very tough one to pick. We're going to go in reverse order here, so as we'll start with uh, Haugster, and who do you think would win in this matchup? Oh man, you you cannot have picked a... Uh a harder toss-up for me when it comes to two fantasy bookings. You have the Von Eriks, who, to me, they were probably one of my favorite old-school teams um, going back pre-Attitude Era. And just about any time before then, they're they're probably one of my favorite tag teams of all time. And uh, when you're just talking about legacy and just what they did for that time, they were incredibly innovative. And you, you couldn't be more over in the state of Texas than the Von Erics were. Uh, and then you go with the Kings of Wrestling, who, to me, they were my favorite non-WWE indie tag team just about of all time. So you have literally the, the two pound-for-pound strongest guys that never made it to the WWE at, at the time. I mean, Cesaro obviously came up, and uh Hero did have his time in NXT or Florida Championship Wrestling, uh, Cassius Ono, but uh, this this is a huge toss-up for me because really what they did for their time periods was just so new and so crazy, moves you've never seen from either team that anybody else was doing. So it's yeah, this is this is a toss-up. I I really don't care who moves on, but uh, for me. I, <laughs> I may have to go with the Von Eriks, and again, just because they, to me, they have that prestige. And I know we don't want to put prestige in here, but man, when when you strike that claw into somebody, it's pretty much game over. And I don't, I don't know if Kings of Wrestling can withstand that. And man, this is, this is just a tough one. Like, I, I really don't care who moves on, but I may have to go with Von Eric. <laughs> okay, um, Cedric, can you help him out? Who did, who did you think should move on? Well, I I thought about what happened in the in the first round, and I and I saw how Prestige went over what may or may not have been a victory for the for beer money. But um, I watched some of their matches again. I watched some of Kieran Wrestling's matches, and as much as they meant to the state of Texas, to wrestling and whatnot, and as much as the the famous claw was so feared. Especially back then, definitely uh, a fear move. I think even in Puerto Rico, I might have seen either one of the Von Erics actually go down there and 
and apply to one of the, the main wrestlers over there. And it was always advertised as the move that nobody can get out of. To me, based on the on the movesets that I saw and the quickness and, and just the innovation, I'm going to pick King of Wrestling. Uh, again, I'm, I'm taking completely the prestige out of it. I'm taking away because obviously the truth is I looked, I looked at every every team that did not make it, every team that did make it through the tournament. And I, I just kept on telling myself, if we keep going by the prestige, then definitely Devon Norris is going to win the whole thing because who who's going to really up-prestige these guys? Maybe the road but, Prestige-wise, not sure. Maybe strength-wise, but but um, I'll I'll go with Kings, Kings of Wrestling again. I and I just kept it based on only in wrestling. I had to put a complete blind eye to everything else. So okay, um, Sean, what's what's your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, I mean, I don't know y'all's whole tournament or whatever, but just from looking at this, uh, I also growing up in Dallas. Uh, living there for 20 years, I mean, if you live there, you knew about the Von Eriks. I mean, they were everything uh, to wrestling, and these guys were all about brawling and and uh, just, I mean, they could do some of the, I mean, obviously different eras, you know, what you do now, much different than what you do then. Uh, man, I have to go. I have to go with Kings of Wrestling for for the one for 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 Cesaro because there's not a guy that matches Cesaro in what or or uh, sorry Claudio Castagnoli in the way um, that you're gonna get uh, from the Von Erichs. I think uh, yeah, I mean Kerry was strong, so was Kevin, but I think Cesaro just in the versatility that he has, and also Chris Hero just I think those two would eventually overwhelm. Uh, the Von Erichs, if you're looking at it from a straight wrestling perspective, obviously prestige. There's no way you can. Uh, there's, uh, as as was mentioned, there's no, there's very little many tag teams that are going to outdo the Von Erichs on that, especially if you're, let's say this match was happening in in Dallas or something. But uh, just I, I gotta go with the Kings of Kings of Wrestling too. It's okay. So Sean, I... Sean, Sean, expect a friend request by me. By the way, this is Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, I guess I have an opportunity to tie this if I want to, but I am not going to. I actually um, believe that the Kings of Wrestling should move forward, um, mainly because the reason the Von Eriks won out against against Beer Money in in the last one it, it was partly about prestige, but it was also partly about the style of wrestling that you had. The Von Eriks were guys who were powerful enough to, to keep beer money at bay. They could wrestle with them, but they could brawl with them. So they, they kind of could beat them in, in almost every in almost every area except for maybe in like pure tag team wrestling. But um, even, even drinking, right? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Maybe maybe drug use, but drinking, I don't know. No. But, oh. but but uh, <laughs> but but let's see. Um, I, here. I, <laughs> I I would say that um, with Cesaro or, or I guess Castanoli and, and Hero in this instance, those guys are, are strong enough to compete with both these guys. They have more athleticism. Um, they have just as good, if not a better wrestling background. And, and Hero, can, again, can apply some of the, the mixed martial arts. So for, for all the realism that both of these tag teams use, if I combine both of them, I think at the end of the day it comes down to athleticism, and I think that the Kings of Wrestling would have more of that than uh, than would the, the Von Erichs. So 
I think the Kings of Wrestling are going to move forward in this tournament is a vote of uh, three to one. So be interesting to see. So um, as we wrap up the show today, uh, who do we have for next week for the fantasy bookings? Alrighty, to keep it even because right now we have uh, one, two, three, four, five matches left. We, let's go with three, so then we'll have two for the last one. Uh, Legion of Doom versus Demolition is one. The Outsiders versus the Rock and Roll Express is the other one. And Harlem Heat versus the Head Shrinkers. Okay, cool. So yeah, we'll take some a little bit of time to do those next week. And uh, have you put any thought into your instant classic match of the week next week? I have. Uh, I was thinking of bringing something completely different from probably you you guys are used to watching. I might you might surprise me or not. I don't know. But I was thinking of bringing a, a instant classic. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the one that I wanted. But I guess the second best we'll, we'll have to do. I'm going to bring from the WWC in Puerto Rico, Carlos Colon versus Ric Flair hmm. for the the universal title that was created when they first met and they combined the Puerto Rican title with the NWA title to make the universal title. All right. Uh, now, awesome. now, was this the match where they replaced the ropes with barbed wire? This one's I was debating and bringing that one. I wasn't sure that that would probably come down the road. I'm telling you guys, I was very, I was surprised when I when I found this YouTube channel and I went through hundreds of videos, just the titles. I was amazed how many legends from the United States were part of Puerto Rican wrestling. From Ric Flair, we have Bruiser Brody, we had the Four Horsemen at one point. It was just amazing. So those will definitely come as some as my turns. For instant classic matches come around, definitely we'll we'll have some barbed wire matches. We'll have uh, fire matches. You <laughs> we've seen it in Puerto Rico, <laughs> so definitely. But this one's just a normal match between them two for the title. Okay. And I'll awesome. provide the link. I'll provide the link on on the messenger page, and hopefully I won't be the the one providing viruses this time. <laughs> All right. Well, looking forward to it then. And uh, before we off here i, I want to thank sean again for being on with us um wrestling to the max and uh before we leave here uh sean do you want to go ahead and just let everyone know once again about your about your guys's network and your channel yeah uh thank you for having me it's been a blast uh it's, it's been a lot of fun so um you guys are, are great i mean i know we had that little bit of a little feud there but uh you know being uh, good wrestling fans, we we got through it, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just uh, anywhere there's podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, whatever. Um, you can go just subscribe to W2M Network itself. It's listed just like that, W2M Network, and you can get the wrestling podcasts, all the other podcasts together, or you can just go find the Wrestling to the Max podcast by itself. Uh, two times a week, Tuesday morning and Friday morning. Talking pretty much everything American wrestling, some New Japan and other Japanese uh, stuff, and and uh, whatever we can cover in there in that in that a lot of time that we have, well, we we try to get it done. Awesome, and once again, just want to say thank you, and we'll we'll definitely have to have you uh, back on again down the road for sure. Um, 
And uh, anybody else have have any takeaways today? Yeah, I just want to say it may take me a full week to to stop crying over the Von Erichs being eliminated, <laughs> but I, I do believe that uh, that the right decision was made. Uh, you know that the versatility that both those guys have, Castanoli and Hero, it, it, it makes sense and. And you guys are right. I will support this decision, even though I voted against it. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Well, good. Good is real. I was say good, good, because we didn't care anyway. You lost. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Sean, do you you see the love here, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just, that's what he gets for giving me a virus. He could take that. <laughs> All goes back to the virus. <laughs> I'm just sitting here minding my own business, trying to work on my computer, and it's like my my screen's flashing, you know. But all right, oh, you shit. podcast almost didn't happen today. Cause, but uh, no, I I digress. Thanks, you know. Thank you guys again. It was some really good discussion today. I always enjoy when we can have a little bit of a little bit of a debate, and I think we'll continue with these rants every week. That was a that was a lot of fun. Just and I felt better. Um, I really did. It's like it's like therapy, wrestling therapy. All right, guys, uh, we're just shy of that, that two-hour mark, and uh, it's been fantastic. Again, once again, thanks to Sean. Thank you guys for joining us in the, in the roundtable, and if you guys have any suggestions for topics or anything like that, uh, any listeners out there, just let us know, and we'll we'll discuss what we can when we can. So uh, until next time, Jobber's Court is adjourned. Thank you.